0: Okay, good morning, SIB, KL Sugai Bulo, um, I'm Pastor Balan, you know, I just want to uh, thank you for inviting me, it's such a privilege and honor to bring the Word this morning, and I'm so privileged and such a, uh, so honored uh, that Pastor Fergus would ask me to preach at your church, you know, I know I've known Pastor Fergus now, I think must be three Uh, Three years, I think so. Yeah, around three years or four years. And, um, you know, I am proud to call him my friend, and, you know, over the time, uh, the, the, over the few years we've had some interactions with one another and um, he's, he's always on my mind. I would message him once in a while and, you know, it's because of the whole COVID thing I haven't had to spend, I haven't had time to spend with your pastor, but you guys are so privileged to have Pastor Fergus as your pastor because this is what I know about Pastor Fergus, he is a great listener. I remember when we were always together, he would always ask me deep questions and sometimes I'm afraid of the questions he's going to ask me. But also, he's such a fun guy to be around, uh, so, so wise especially. So, Pastor Fergus, uh, thank you for inviting me. And also, I just want to honour all your leaders um, at SIBKL Sungai Bulo, you know, for leading during the season you know, thank you so much for your, your effort and your labor. I know it must not have been easy for you, but I uh, thank you uh, for doing what you do. And I, I trust that God will continue to bless uh, whatever works that you guys have uh, upcoming. So, you know, Pastor workers reached out to me and he, said, and he asked me to preach on what's my favorite chapter, my favorite passage, okay? And uh, that was an interesting brief, I must say, Okay. And uh, when I thought about it, you know, I have a few in my head, but potentially this one is one of my favorites, and, and it's a familiar one for all of us, okay? It is from Psalms 23, right? Psalms 23, I, and I know uh, many of you have probably read this Psalm, you have it, some of you probably have it on your wall, you know, you print it out, and there's this, it's on your wall somewhere, and... Usually, when we hear Psalm 23, when do you usually hear it, right? Many of us have heard it uh, usually at funerals. And I know that I've been at wakes before, and I was tasked to speak from Psalms 23, right? And I've been to other funerals, other wakes, where the pastor would speak from Psalms 23. It would be a, a, a popular reading. And potentially it comes, uh, it's, it's very you know, relevant to a funeral uh, because of that, 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 that's, that verse that says, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? And, uh, but today I just wanted us to Look again at this psalm and, and why it's my favorite ch- uh, chapter or passage in the Bible. And hopefully, uh, you two will, will gleam some of uh, the, the power in this passage. Okay, so, so Psalms 23 is about a shepherd. We know, we all know that. And the author was King David. And when you read that psalm, you see that it, it has two parts, right? The first part, David presents himself as a sheep, right? The Lord is my shepherd. The second part, David presents himself as a guest, right? Um, It talks about, you know, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, right? Suddenly you have this sheep metaphor and then you have this guest metaphor. So he has two uh, metaphors there. And the second thing about this text, when you read it, the first part, You see that um, David is speaking to a congregation maybe. He's speaking to a congregation. Because he says, you know, um, he makes me lie down in uh, green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And then the second part, he talks about you. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Right? He, he, he changed. First he talks about he, talking about the shepherd as a he. And then he talks about you. He, he speaks directly to the shepherd. So you see the, the contrast here. And, and um, scholars um, say that, you know, when David wrote this, it wasn't during the time that, it wasn't like a, a good time in his life. Many scholars say that he wrote this when he was running away from Absalom. One of his, his eldest son took over his, his throne and David had to run away, right? And that's when David wrote this. Um, Other scholars, when they talk about Psalms 23, they, they talk about it that it is the journey of a guest of the Bedouin shepherd, now, if you've ever been to Israel, I was privileged enough to go to Israel in, in ni- 2019. And, you know, when you think about sheep, you know, usually most in our minds, we are thinking about, you know, maybe Scotland or New Zealand, right? It's greenery, uh, meadows, and all these, and all the sheep. And usually when, the, when we see the Psalms 23 painting, it's usually this, this green, lush um, landscape. But if you've ever been to Israel, or you can just Google Israel right now, you see that mostly it's desert, right? And the the patches of green are very patchy. Like, you know, let me show you a picture right now. So there, you see that this is when I was there. This is a photo we took from the bus. And you can see that it's really patchy because it's really mostly desert in Israel. And the Bedouin shepherd When they have guests, right, when they have guests, and the Bedouin shepherd would lead their sheep and their guests together, you know, your your guests would be sitting on a camel and the Bedouin shepherd would walk ahead of the guests, right, guiding the camel and the rest of the sheep back to the home. And then the Bedouin shepherd, when when you are a guest of the Bedouin shepherd, they would uh, they, would, uh, they, would, they would bring you into their home. And that's where the second part, you know, it talks about you prepare a table before me, my, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. All this is the picture of a guest of the Bedouin shepherd, how first, when you're journeying through the desert, right, being led by this Bedouin shepherd, through the darkness, through all the things in the, in the valleys, and then when you reach their tent or their, their home, that's when they take care of you, right? They anoint your head with oil. They prepare a table, some food, some drink. And that's the picture as well from this Psalms 23. Okay? So, but what does that mean for us today? What is Psalms 23? What does the shepherd mean for us today? Let me just read it for us and then we'll, 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 we'll take it. We'll continue, okay? So, Psalms 23 Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. That's my prayer for all of us this morning. So, I have a relationship with sheep. Uh, my, my grandfather has sheep. Right? I'm, I'm from a place called Barrio in in Sarawak. Okay, here's a photo of me and my shepherd, oh my sheep. Okay, my grandfather's sheep. Okay, uh, my grandfather has passed on now, but we have about what 60, 70 sheep over there. So since ever since young, uh, I've had this relationship with sheep, and uh, and my, my dad. Okay, used to I went to study in New Zealand, the Bible College of New Zealand, and we lived in New Zealand for uh, uh, some some years. And over there as well, I got to experience a lot, a lot of sheep. You know, uh, we would visit our friends who were, who were uh, sheep herders in the in the weekends, and of course, all the tourist spots in New Zealand. You know, many of them have have uh, sheep-related activities, right? So, but in the minds of the Israelites, you know, who for whom this Psalms twenty-three is written for, what's their relationship with uh, the shepherd? And you can see that. All their patriarchs, okay, when we talk about a shepherd, when, the, when an Israelite, when a Hebrew hears about a shepherd, especially in those days, uh, all their patriarchs, when you think about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Moses, these were all shepherds. They all herd sheep. So when, when you talk about a shepherd, this resonates with the Hebraic culture because it's something that is in their history. And the idea of the staff, the shepherd staff, in those days, um, if you look at the ancient photos of, of um, Pharaoh, I'll show you a photo here, they also have a staff. And it was a, it was a sign of leadership and rulership. And the, the Pharaoh's staff, actually, it it originated from the shepherd's staff. So this idea of a shepherd was not only this pastoral thing or a herd thing or an animal thing, taking care of an animals, but it also had this picture of leadership. You know, we know that when Moses led the Israelites through Egypt, he had a shepherd's staff with him. Right? In Numbers 27, verse 16 to 18. 18, it says this, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation who shall go out before them and come in before them, who shall lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may be not as a sheep with no shepherd. So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit of the Lord, and lay your hand on him. So, even in the dealings between Moses and God, right? This text comes from, um, you know, God told Moses, hey Moses, you're not going to enter into the promised land. Somebody else is going to um, do it. And Moses says in his dealings between himself and and God, he says, you know, let God, we need to find a new shepherd, right? He says, God, we need this people, Israel, they cannot be like sheep like that without a shepherd. They need a new shepherd. That's why they chose um, Joshua, so this word, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, this word shepherd for the, for the Hebrews, it doesn't only mean a person rearing sheep, of course, in this text also, it means there is a leader who is going to lead the people through a place. Okay? So it resonated with the hearers of those, of those ages. And of course, the author of this text, okay, is David, right? And we all know that David used to be a shepherd boy. In fact, he's known as the shepherd king. But also in 2 Samuel chapter five, verse one to four, when David became king, uh, let me just read it for us. Uh, It says here, then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, behold, we are bone and flesh. We are your bone and flesh. In times past, when Saul was king over us, it was you who led out and brought in Israel. Okay, that's the idea again, out and in. Okay, we, we, you saw that in, in numbers. And the Lord said to you, you shall be shepherd of my people Israel, and you shall be prince over Israel. Do you see that again? So even here, when the tribes of Israel... Right? when they came to David and said, David, you're going to be our new king, they used this metaphor of you shall be the shepherd. In fact, here he says, this is what God told you, David. You're going to be shepherd of my people. So even in, in God's dealing with the king, he uses this metaphor, shepherd. Right? The shepherd. So when we, when we hear this word shepherd, I want us to understand that it is a picture that the author is trying to tell us about leadership, about someone who guides us, someone who leads us from point A to point B. Okay? And that's what God desires to be in our lives. He desires to be first and foremost the shepherd. So where does the shepherd bring us? right? Just if we look through that text, it talks about provision. I shall not want... Right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It talks about a place that, that there is peace and restoration. It says, He leads me beside still, wat- still waters. He restores my soul. Right? That whole picture that the sheep is able to uh, sit beside the still waters. You know, that's a picture of peace. Um, then it says that you, you lead me f- uh, through, f- for righteousness for your name's sake. So there's a sense of righteousness that the text talks about. Then it talks about the, the rod, right? When you even walk through the valley of shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, right? There's protection. You know, When you and then the, it talks about my cup runs over my head. Um, my, the oil, you put it on my head. The table is full even though I'm sitting with my enemies. It talks about abundance, right? And then at the end, it talks about favor. It talks about how the goodness shall follow me all the days of my life. So this shepherd that we are, um, that this text is talking about, is bringing us to a new place, a promised land. And that promised land is a place of without lack, a place of peace, a place of righteousness, a place of protection, a place of abundance, and a place of favor. But the most of the time for us, right? I don't want a shepherd. And that's the truth. I don't want a shepherd. I want to leave, lead my life. I think I can lead my life better than anyone else can lead my life. Right? I know many of, many of us, that's why this text confronts the ideology and the spirit of the age, because the spirit of the age talks about how I'm going to make my way. It's my way. Right? I don't need a shepherd. Because here's the thing, if the Lord is your shepherd, it means you are a sheep. It means I'm a sheep. And no, one's to be, no one wants to be sheep. We all want to be the shepherd. Right? You want to be the shepherd. I want to be the shepherd. I want to be the one who, be, who is the hero. I want to be the one who guides myself through this promised land. And I don't want to be the one to surrender my life into somebody else's hand. Right? That's... That's crazy, right? You know, we, we idolize people who make it these days. You know, wow, that person, they did so well. They did it on their own. They made it their own way. That, that famous um, Frank, Frank Sinatra song. None of us want to be a shepherd. And yet the person who wrote this, David, when you think about David, yeah, David, when he wrote this, he was king, you know. And yet, and just now we, we read in Samuel, right, God said, David, you are, the sh- you are the shepherd of my people, Israel. So if anyone could say, I am the shepherd, David would be the perfect person to say, I am the shepherd. And yet, out of all people who wrote it, David wrote, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, if you look at, if you think about the author of this, is David. Here is some of David's credential. He was a shepherd. He was a soldier. He was a general. He was a fugitive. He was a king. He was a spiritual mystic. A spiritual mystic means, you know, David was the one who also wrote about a coming Messiah, about how his sins will be, will be, uh, will be forgiven and be separated from east to the west. So this David, He lived in like a a different age, an age where he is forgiven without giving sacrifices. So David was living like our New Testament life while he was still in the Old Testament before Jesus came. That's why he was a a kind of spiritual mystic. He was a prophet, right? He wrote about the coming Messiah and uh, many of the things that happened to Jesus on the cross. David wrote some of those things. He was a priest, now David put on the ephod when they were at war to ask guidance from God. Right? Ephod was one of the ways that uh, the priests would wear in order to hear from God in those days. So he was a priest. David was wealthy. He was the, the one who set up, gathered all the wealth of the nation in order to build the, what we know as the Solomon's Temple. Of course, his son Solomon eventually built it. But David was the one who gathered the, the wealth to do it. David was a murderer and we know about that, right? He, he wanted somebody else's wife and he got his, the husband of that woman killed. David was a musician, right? He was Saul's uh, personal lyre player. David was a poet, right? Now Psalms 23, written by David. Now we, we can't really appreciate the poetry as much uh, because it's originally written in Hebrew, but if we did, you would see that it has um, a syllable. Syllable means it has a, a rhyme. Not, not rhyme like the way we think of rhyme, but it has a musical uh, beat to it, right? Because of the syllables of the words. And he was a songwriter. You know, many of the Psalms David wrote. So if you think about this man, David, he was a polymath. He was genius at many things. If anyone had the right to say, I'm the shepherd, it would have been David. And yet, it was David who said, the Lord is my shepherd, right? But today, we don't want anyone else to be the shepherd. I don't want anyone else to be the shepherd. I want to be the shepherd, right? That's, that's the challenge of this text that we live in today. But here's the thing, if you have a good Bible, And I hope that you do. If you have a good Bible, when you turn to this text, Psalms 23, see that the word the Lord there, the Lord is my ship. I hope that you see that the word the Lord there is capitalized. I mean, it's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Okay? Because there's a difference. That word the Lord is talking about Yahweh. Okay? Yahweh. So it's not talking about the Lord, meaning Master, is talking about this specific God, right? It's talking about Yahweh or Jehovah, a lot of people say, right? And Yahweh, that word Lord, L-O-R-D in the capital, and I hope your Bible has that, Yahweh, was the name that God gave Moses. Remember when, when Moses was about to lead the people out of Egypt and he saw that burning bush and, and, and Moses was like, uh, but who shall I say? If, they, if I tell the people of Israel that uh, God has sent me to deliver them out of, Odom, uh, out of Egypt, uh, who shall I say, uh, sent me? Right? And, and God said, tell them I am who I am has sent you. And that's where you get the word, uh, the Lord from, you know, Yahweh, hey, hey, I am who I am. And so when, the, when, when you read this text, it's not talking about a master that you have in your mind. It's talking about a specific God, a personal God. Yahweh, I am who I am. That That is the shepherd of our life. That is the one. The one who did the mighty things in the beginning. The one who brought the people out of Israel. The one who parted the sea. That's, the one that we are asking to become the shepherd of our life. Not the Lord of our imagination. It is the Lord, Yahweh. Okay, so when, when, when David wrote this, he had in his mind, he's thinking of Yahweh, this, this Hebraic God, the, he, the God of the Hebrews. Right? The one that led them out of Egypt. The one who parted the sea. The one who fed them while they were in the desert. That is the one that David is thinking of when he says, the Lord is my shepherd. That is the one that you and I should be thinking of when we say, the Lord is my shepherd. Now many times we don't want the Lord to be our shepherd because we don't understand who is this Lord. Therefore, we are afraid to put our hands into this Lord. Because we don't know who He is. We don't understand Him. We don't have a relationship with Him. Therefore, it becomes harder for us to do that. But Jesus revealed to us very clearly. When we say, the Lord is my shepherd, we can see that in the personal life of Jesus. John chapter 10, verse 11 to 15. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. So now, Jesus, you know, when He says that, I'm sure that the hearers are are reflecting, are resonating with, wow, Psalms 23, right? I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down His life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not want the sheep, does not own the sheep, so when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he has a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep knows me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Wow. You see, even when you didn't know the Lord, you didn't know Yahweh, and you didn't submit to Him as a shepherd, Jesus already paid and exhibited and showed that He is the good shepherd. Even before you, you knew that He was your shepherd. You know, He says here that He's the kind of shepherd that would lay his life for the sheep. He's the kind of shepherd that would not run away. Now, and he's the kind of shepherd who cares for the sheep. Right? And I like this. It says, "I, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep knows me. So he's not a distant kind of sheep. Now my... Um, during the holidays when I would go back to barrio with my grandfather and my, my oh, to visit my grandfather, my, my grandma, and um, we would go to the sheep farm. And one of the things that, you know, I, I, I love going to the sheep farm. The sheep farm is beautiful, but I hated taking care of the sheep. I really did. Because they're very smelly, right? And I, that's the main thing, lah. And generally, they look dirty, okay? Um, We don't live in New Zealand, so, you know, I live in Barrio. It's it's also, it's green. But, you know, it rains heavily and there's a lot of mud. So, the the sheep are not like, you know, those photos you see, very white, you know. Um, But, you know, ours is like muddy and brown. And they stink. And my grandfather and I, you know, we would would call the sheep, right? And I tested this one day. He would cut some, some leaves from the river, nice uh, smelling leaves, and he would, he would wave it, drag it along the floor, and wave it, then he would say, "Come on, come on," like that. OK? And then the sheep on the hills, they would you know whatever they were doing, maybe they were eating, they would suddenly perk up their, their, their head, and you can see them just at the, the different hills. and he would say, "Come on, come on," and they would, they would all start to gather and run down, you know, eager to to eat the the fresh leaves that my grandfather had cut. And then he would feed them and they would crowd around us, right? And I tried it when my grandfather wasn't around. I did the same thing. I cut the leaves and I went went there. I dragged it around the floor and I, I would say, come on, come on. And guess what? They put up their heads they listened for a while. They looked at me, and they went back eating. They didn't move. You know, some would would crawl and check it out. You know, like, but they didn't, right? Until I mimicked the way my grandfather would do it. You know, I would say. So he would say, "Come on!" So I would do that. Or, "Come on, come on, come on." You know, using my mimic my grandfather, and then slowly they were like coming down, coming down. But when they get closer, they could see me visibly. Then they, they would stop. Lah. Right? So you, I could see that the sheep really respond to the shepherd's voice. Right? They know the shepherd's voice. And the reason I didn't like taking care of the sheep was they were smelly, right? Um, so we would go into the shed. So he would bring these leaves, put it into the shed so that all the, all the sheep would come and into, into the shed and he could lock them. And, and this is what we did. <sighs> one by one, we would go through the sheep, boom, sit them down, check the ear, check the nose, check the butt for any gnats, for any kutu, you know, any sometimes the, the buffalo fly would lay eggs in the ears or whatever, any infection, my gosh, it was so stinky. Right, but that's what the shepherd does. You imagine, you know, we had to sit it down like that. I, we had to carry the thing, boom, sit it down. And when you sit it down, it goes like, um, like limp, and then that's when you can you have to touch it, you know. And he would put his hands, open the mouth, check everything. Wow. It it wasn't like a a distant kind of thing when he inspects the sheep, you know. It's like right there, like this, like that. Oh my gosh, and we would have to give it um, medicine, but that is what the the shepherd does. That's how much Jesus loves you. He's not a distant God. He came. Yahweh Vahe, He came and became flesh like one of us. Even right now, He's inspecting you and me, our heart. Looking for any infections so that He can heal us. Even though He is God, He did that for you and me. That is the picture of the shepherd who loves His sheep. And Jesus Loves you so much that he gave his life for you. You know, at the cross, when Jesus sacrificed himself, he expressed the ultimate act of love for you and me. He is the good shepherd. But maybe you're here and you're thinking, okay, Pastor Barlow, so what's the application? Right? What, what do I do now? I hear this, I like it, but what's my, what should I do? Is there anything I should do? Right? You go back to the first verse. The first thing that we need to do is like what that verse says, the Lord is my shepherd. You know, often we live through life and you're hearing this message, especially if maybe you're a second generation Christian, You know, you hear this message and thinking, you know, the Lord is my father's shepherd. The Lord is my mom's shepherd. The Lord is my grandparent's shepherd. But the Lord is not my shepherd. The Lord is Pastor Fergus punya shepherd. Worship leader punya shepherd. But he's not my shepherd. You see, the first step in order to experience the life-giving promises of this text is to embrace first and foremost is the Lord your shepherd? You, are, you have to be able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. Not anyone else's. You have to have a personal relationship with the shepherd. That's why Jesus says, the, sh- the sheep know my voice. They hear me and they know me. So, your next question will be, uh, yes, yes, Pastor Bala, I want the shepherd to be my shepherd. I want it. How how do I do that? It's very simple. Pray. Read the Bible and pray. Develop your relationship with God. See, by prayer, you know, prayer is not just speaking to God, but it's also listening to God, right? So pray, you know, you speak to God. And, you know, it's like when you're driving or you're doing things and you get an impression on your heart, do you respond to that impression? It's very simple. You know, let's say, um, just the other day, I was walking, I was going down the escalator and suddenly a relative came to my mind. Right? And it was my choice. That could be an impression from God or it could just be a random thought. But, I can decide to, you know, take a moment, God, why did you reveal this? Why, why did you put this person suddenly in my heart? And I, I'd speak to God, right? And then this, this, this morning, he, this relative messaged me and he says, um, you know, Balan, I had a dream about you and in, in, in the dream, you prayed for me, you know? So, it's, so it's, it can be as simple as that. What is happening in your life right now that God is saying? Maybe you're listening to this message and, and you feel like, yeah, you have made God an impersonal God. that he, He's a God of your parents, but not your own God. Right? Could that be something that God is speaking to you in your heart right now? Then all you have to do is say, God, I hear you. You're talking to me about making you a personal God right? Speak to Him. So it's just that simple practice, allowing God to, uh, and responding he, to Him uh, in your heart. And, you know, say it out. Speak, uh, literally say it out. You know, a lot of us, when we are communing with God, you know, when we are building, uh, we're talking to God, we are thinking it in our minds. But I want to encourage you, speak it out. It'll further strengthen the fact that, you know, the Lord is your shepherd, right? Because any relationship that you have, any close relationship that you have, you are speaking to that individual. You're verbally saying things to that person. You're not just thinking about it, right? Imagine if I love my wife, but I only think about I love my wife, but I've never actually said it to her. There's something about saying it out that helps uh, concretize our relationship with God. Right. That's why Jesus, when when he teaches his disciples to pray, he says, "When you pray, say," right. Um, so, so there's always that, say. So that's a simple step that you and I can do in order to say, "The Lord is my shepherd." Speak to the Lord verbally. You know, vocalize your speaking. Don't just think about it. So when you're driving, when you're on your your bed, when you're wherever, just respond to the the thoughts and the things on your heart and respond to it and say, God, what are you showing me about this? What are you saying to me about this? Um, Show me more, you know. And that way, you are developing your own personal relationship with God. See, Me, I'm sharing all these things is because that's my personal way. That's the way I I relate to God. That's why I can say the Lord is my shepherd. And I want him to be your shepherd too. If we don't live our life as a sheep under the shepherd's leadership, If we don't do that, you know what? You're going to have lack. You might have um, prosperity materially, but you're going to lack in so many other areas of your life. You're going to feel unfulfilled. You're going to feel uh, something's missing in your life. You know, if we don't walk under the shepherd's leadership, under God's shepherding, you're going to come into the valley of shadows and darkness and you don't know, are you going to come out of it? You don't have a way out. Why? Because there's no guidance ahead of you. And if you don't, um, come under the, the shepherd's leadership. you know, The last verse talks about, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the rest of my life. You will miss out on that promise, that eternal promise that goodness and mercy shall follow you the rest of your life. Okay? So, today, I'm going to pray for us and I'm just going to pray for us just according to that, Psalms 23. Uh, Even as I close. God, I thank you that indeed you are Everyone's watching this. Everyone's hearing this, Lord. You are their shepherd. I know, Lord, they shall never be in want. You will make them lie down in green pastures. You will lead them beside still waters. Lord, you will restore their soul. And you will lead them in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. Lord, I thank you that even though they will walk through the valley of shadow of death, God, they will fear no evil because they know that you are with them and your rod and your staff, it comforts them. I thank you, God, that you have prepared a table before them even in the presence of their enemies. And you have anointed their head with oil and their cup, Lord, runs over. And I thank you, God, Yet goodness and mercy shall follow them all the days of your life and they will dwell in your house forever. Amen, amen. Okay, so that's my message for today. Uh, I hope you were blessed.